Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Gate 46 at JFK Airport, discussing the 2000 supernatural horror film, Final Destination. The film was directed by James Wong, co-written by Wong, Glenn Morgan, and Jeffrey Reddick. The film initially began as an unused teleplay for the iconic television series The X-Files, but was later rewritten and expanded upon into the film we know today. While the film received mixed reviews from critics upon its release, it went on to become a box office hit and would eventually spawn its own franchise. With an interesting premise and elaborate death sequences, it's no wonder this film has become either a guilty pleasure or a full-fledged favorite among horror fans. This film was suggested to us by friend of the show, Michelle, who can be found on Twitter at MJMoore77. Thanks for your support and the suggestion, Michelle. So, Final Destination. What were your first impressions on the film? I don't remember this movie very much at all. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I thought I was going to go in liking it because I remember liking it when I watched it like the first once or twice that I seen it. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't remember maybe like one or two parts and that's about it. You, but you liked it when you were a kid? I remember, yeah, when I was younger, I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. But <laughs> I didn't have the same feeling this no. time around. No, not at all. I loved this movie <laughs> when I was a kid. No, like, a I lot. did too, yeah. And I, haven't, I can't remember the last time I watched it before we watched it for the show. But it was still like nostalgic in a way, even though I had forgotten chunks of it. There's one scene that I vividly remembered right. for some reason, but... I, it's not, I'm not going to say I liked it as much as I did when I was a kid, <laughs> but I, I still think it deserves its props for an interesting premise, a uh, relatable antagonist that we're <laughs> yeah. all afraid of. I've all, we've all heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a decent movie. It's a good movie. It's not, you're not going to, it's not cerebral. It's not, it's just, it's a movie. It's fine. Yeah. There's not a lot to really dissect. No. I think, like we talked about before we were recording, they made excellent use of foreshadowing in this movie. Yes. I think that they should be commended as far as the story is concerned. It could very easily have turned very cheesy as far as what if death, because death is the antagonist in this film, but what if it's literally a fucking man in a cloak? Yeah, I (laughs) really appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing from like the corner or something, you know? I really appreciated that all we got was like some wind. Yeah. (laughs) To convey death blows into town, yes. you know, it's. I feel like they were smart not to because it, it could have just been a standard slasher film where it's just a guy, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I thought that was cool that they didn't do that. And honestly, knowing that this was originally supposed to be meant for the X Files, yeah, it makes sense you see it, but then you also can see a lot of influence from like the Twilight Zone. It yeah. very easily could have been a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, about Final Destination as a franchise is it kind of follows, at least to me, the unfortunate pattern of where the first one is very focused and really good in a lot of ways. And then as it goes on through the series, it kind of loses what it was. Subsequently, it's just like, let's find cool ways to kill people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Saw kind of fell into that trap yeah, as well. Literally, let's find cool yeah. ways to kill people. <laughs> yeah. A lot of franchises do. And unfortunately, this 
least one of them. Right. But I don't even think I've seen all of them, honestly. Yeah, I think I've seen this one and the second one. I think so, too. I don't know if I went further than that. I think that's fine. Because the second yeah. one's the log truck, and that's yes. iconic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we cheat this film's design, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled... Please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's get ready for takeoff. So the film opens with a shot of a thunderstorm outside of a window, accompanied by tense orchestral music. We see the title card, Final Destination, as well as, I guess, some kind of monkey skeleton charm situation. (laughs) We see the shadow of the charm, and it looks like it's being hung by the neck. Yes. Right? I thought it was neat, but... I think they could have done more little things like that to show like more? other, yeah, yeah, because they're like you could die like this anyway. Well, they do then, too. They do the hanging and they do a guillotine. That's true, but they, it's like in a book. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, we then see a plane ticket for a flight to Paris being thrown on a bed and someone packing a tour guide of France. Behind the book on the shelf, we see the play "Death of a Salesman." So the whole death thing does continue. A fan oscillates around the room and it blows the guide open to a page that appears to show, like you said, people being guillotined during the French Revolution, which seems a little odd to me that they'd, <laughs> the tourist book would be like, oh, we killed people. <laughs> yeah. Once. Yeah. Y'all know this part? We did that shit. But the opening continues and the fan's not finished opening books and we see a collection of Renaissance art depicting religious people warding off demons and death as well as the words, this is the end, written in red at the bottom of a sculpture. So yeah. they're really hitting home. No, it's home. a lot. Mm, that movies. was long. It was, <laughs> it, it was very long. It really was. was very long. I actually have that in my notes. But it was kind of cool and ominous and very fan-centric. <laughs> like, that fan was <laughs> Dude, all up in that The fan gets opening. a lot of play. Like, no joke. <laughs> Fanal destination. Yeah. <laughs> But the film opens proper as Alex Browning, played by Devin Sawa, is packing for a school trip to Paris, and his parents are helping him get ready for it. He's borrowing his dad's luggage for the trip, and just as his mom goes to tear off the like baggage tag, Alex stops her, and he's like, well, the tag made the last trip, you know, the, he straight up says the plane didn't crash. Yeah. So I think, you know, leave it on. He said it should be with the bag or at least, you know, his dad nods in approval, but she's mm. like, where the fuck did you get a dumbass yeah. idea like that, basically, and rips it off? Yeah. A couple things. Okay. Uh, His mom's an asshole. Well, yeah, yes. Um, I'm very superstitious, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to the point of annoyance, and John Paul is not. <laughs> and, but still, the stupid shit that I'm like, oh, no, don't go this way around the pole. He does it just so I feel better. Right. What would it have hurt you to just leave the goddamn thing on the bag? Literally nothing. And the thing is, is that it's a common superstition yeah. with flying. It's it not like just, it's a random thing it was that nobody's for ever no heard reason. of. And... Uh, the dad's a fucking punk because oh, yeah. he's nodding when Alex is like, it needs to be with the bag. And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, you're a fucking idiot and rips it off. And he's like, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> that's called being married. That's, that's what that is. Well, she's an asshole. Right. My thing is if the worst were to happen and you were the mom, wouldn't you feel like shit? I did that. I should have never torn that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it makes him feel better, he's flying by himself. Mm-hmm. What does it hurt you to just fucking leave it? Let him like, live with it, man. That bugged me. But his dad oddly sums up the whole situation to Alex and he's like, look, you're 17 years old. You're on a trip to Paris for 10 days with your friends. It's like high expositional dialogue. But he's like, live it up. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And oddly, Alex looks really worried when his dad says that. 
Well, because it's like uh, tempting fate. He always looks worried. He does. He's always <laughs> always worried. <laughs> but in the next scene, we see Alex sleeping in bed. The camera closes in on a model airplane as that strange wind blows in, causing the propellers <laughs> to rotate. So did her ripping the tag off the bag cause this wind? I feel like we wouldn't be wrong to blame his mother for everything. For that the whole movie. movie. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. But the camera circles around the room and back to Alex as various objects are swaying in the breeze. And we hear an echoey voice say Alex, which causes him to wake up for a moment. He looks across the room at his fan, which again is getting a lot of screen time. (laughs) And then he rolls back over. We see that it's one in the morning, thanks to his alarm clock by the bed. But the first zero in the clock flickers a bit until the clock reads 180. And I read on IMDb, it took five days to get that shot correct. (laughs) It looks cool. It does look I cool. thought it was a really it cool transition. And it is like the transition from his clock to the airport yes. is really cool. Yeah. And we see the number 180 on a flight information board at JFK Airport the next day. But the camera pans over from that board to pretty much our entire cast of characters. Yeah. We literally meet all of them in the span of five seconds and get a pretty good read on who they are. First is the jock, Carter Horton, and his girlfriend, Terry Cheney, played by Kerr Smith and Amanda Detmer, respectively. Carter sees Billy Hitchcock, played by Sean William Scott, standing by the bus, and so he puts a heavy bag on his shoulder, and it causes him to fall down, and he's like, Carter, you did Which is pretty much his catchphrase <laughs> the entire I was going to say, which is the first of many times yes. you're going to hear that. Next, though, we see a teacher and chaperone for the trip, Valerie Luton, played by Kristen Cloak, helping a student with their luggage, just as the wallflower... <laughs> Clear Rivers, played by Allie Larder, walks by mostly unnoticed. Alex's best friend Todd, played by Chad Danella, attempts to hit on Krista and Blake, the obvious like early 2000s it girls. Hot girls, you know? yeah. And he completely strikes out and he gets made fun of by his brother, George. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, that little piece does a really good job of really highlighting who, which archetypes all of these kids are. Yeah. Without, oh, Carter, you've been bullying me since second grade. <laughs> like, there's no exposition. It, it's, I thought that they, it was pretty effective. No, I, I thought agree. it was good. He, and he's like, Carter, you dick. Carter is a dick. Carter is and a dick. And that's his whole character. Oh. So, I mean, it, it really does. And it shows how they relate to each other, especially yes. like you see Clear walk by, no friends, nothing. You're no. Like, okay, well, then she's, you know, you see Mrs. Luton being helpful. You're like, oh, she's a nice, you know, it's very good. Yeah. Very smart. But if that wasn't enough names all at once, I've got a few more. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very interesting to note that a lot of these names of these characters are homages to classic horror filmmakers and producers. Mm-hmm. You've got... Alex Browning and Todd is a reference to Todd Browning, the director of Dracula and Freaks from the 30s, among other things. You've got Terry Chaney, which is obviously a reference to Lon Chaney. Billy Hitchcock, obviously a reference to Alfred Hitchcock. Then Todd's brother, George Wagner, is a reference to George Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) They thought outside the box on that one. He directed The Wolfman in the 40s. So it's like, you know. That's really cool, though. It's interesting. That's really cool. It is a little odd to me because the film doesn't come off like a throwback to that era or anything like that. Not at all, but I feel like it illustrates how much the people that made it appreciate the genre and the people that pretty much made the genre. That's fair. So that's really cool. I thought that was really cool. I didn't even remember that the guy from The Rundown was in this movie. The (laughs) The Rundown. Country Mac, man. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that he... I completely (laughs) forgot he was in this movie. I didn't... And the whole time, too, I told her, I was like, what is Hawkeye doing in this movie? 
Oh, she you, was like, the, Devin Sawa does kind of look like Jeremy Renner. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Uh, I was like, hey, it's Hawkeye. She was like, that's not, that's not him. <laughs> like, oh, no, he is Hawkeye now. That's what. <laughs> And I don't know if we're skewing demographics here, but Devin Sawa did play Stan in the Stan video. So he all, did? Yeah. all you kids who use the term Stan you on better Twitter, think you better think Devin Sawa. That's what it is. But just as they're heading inside the airport, Todd and George's dad says goodbye to them, and he slips George some cash for the trip, and he says it's for both of them to use, but then he tells Alex to take care of them. And Alex looks like he's accepting like a real assignment. He's like, oh, yes, sir. I thought it was weird that he's the only parent that took his kid to the fucking airport to get on a plane and go to another country for 10 days. No, no other. Yeah. No other parent saw it fitting to to see their kid off. That's and the I, friend's dad. Right. Right. Yeah. And at the beginning, one of his one of Alex's parents is like, oh, uh, Todd and George's dad is going. It's like, why wouldn't. It was just weird to me that nobody else gave a shit to go. Like, we don't care. They're yeah. like, dude, we're doing, like, we're having a party. <laughs> They're gone for exactly. 10 days. Exactly. Did you hear the 10 days thing? So I don't know, but that is kind of weird. Their French teacher, Larry Murnau, calls them inside in French, which none of them un- <laughs> no. none of them understand it, which yeah. is not a good sign for this trip. <laughs> but they're riding the escalator up and the brothers are bickering it's a total sibling situation but it made me realize something they said this is the senior trip so does that mean that todd and george are twins oh yeah you're right or, or maybe did george one of them get held back, back because he looks way older yeah, yeah he looks like david Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> now they're back to the x-files but at the top of the escalator, Mr. Murnau stops the entire massive group to listen to an announcement that's in French for some reason. And Carter Card is like, the fuck's he saying? <laughs> but clear... Where have you guys been all year? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they, all they heard was that they were going to Paris at yeah. some point, so they signed up for the class. But Clear is the only one that actually notices what is even being said. And so she's not. She doesn't even pick her head up from the book that she's reading, though, which is the Tropic of Cancer. I don't know if that's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, when I saw that, all I thought about was that Seinfeld episode. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hygiene. Yes. Yeah. Can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> but she says that it says the airport does not endorse solicitors, and he thanks her in French. But it's like, was this an impromptu lesson? Like he just heard that it was French in the announcement. He's like, hey, everybody. Probably. What is that? Yeah. Well, he's one of those teachers. I mean. I think we all have to take foreign language in high school. Uh-huh. And he's one of those teachers where it's like, uh, uh, uh. Like, you have to say, can I go to the bathroom in yeah. fucking Spanish or whatever? Like, you can tell he's not. He's like, everybody shut up. What are they saying? You yeah. Know? Nobody was there for it, though. No. Well, it's, like, it's early, dude. Right. <laughs> but almost on cue, a Hare Krishna man hands Alex a pamphlet telling him death is not the end. And Miss Luton basically threatens him. She, yeah. I, I feel like know. it was it was a bit much. Well, yeah. She's like, well, it won't be the fucking end for you. Yeah, okay. then she tells him to fuck off. Oh, yeah. She- Isn't she just helpful a minute ago? Yeah. <laughs> She's, uh, people are all sides. You know? yeah. Yeah. But next, we see Alex getting his bags checked at a counter, but he's distracted by a very cool looking flight information board that's flipping all over the place. It's got notifications of flights that are arriving on time being canceled and whatnot. This was actually CGI, that board. Oh, wow. It didn't look like it. Not at all. I was really impressed when I read that. That's cool. And in 2000? Yeah, because it looks legitimate. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Wasn't even real. Wasn't even there. (laughs) (laughs) But when the flight attendant hands him his passport back along with his ticket, she tells him that they'll be departing at 925, which is the same as Alex's birthday, September 25th. So eerie music starts to play, and he looks back at the information board, and we zoom in on the word terminal. 
I liked this and maybe I'm just a little cheesy or whatever, but she says something about, oh, it's the same as your birthday, your departure time. Right. And so it's like there's so many like little phrases that we use every day that we don't think about like terminal like departure Mm -hmm. time that could very quickly become (laughs) sinister i thought that was cool no i think it's pretty neat another thing is that they're departing from jfk airport which i don't know if you guys are students of history but (laughs) john f kennedy (laughs) he died quite violently (laughs) but also the name of their high school is mount abraham which is probably a reference to abraham lincoln who again as history will show <laughs> I didn't catch that. Uh, they were uh supposed to arrive at Charles de Gaulle Airport in France and with all the JFK and Abraham Lincoln I wanted to look it up and see what happened to that guy, but he just died at home with an aneurysm. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess they can't all he be also winners. Died. Yeah. yeah. Although according to Wikipedia, he pointed at his neck and he goes, I have a pain right here, and then he just dropped dead. Holy yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking horrifying. <laughs> We probably shouldn't be laughing, but that's terrifying. <laughs> oh my God. In the next scene, we see Billy accidentally stumble into Carter, who pushes him away. Of course, Billy calls him a dick again, because of course he does. Todd asks for some cash from George, because his dad did say it was for both of them, and they start kind of pushing each other around, which Miss Luton breaks up. But she walks right past Carter <laughs> and Terry, who are just straight up making out. No, and she's like straddling him. Like it is very <laughs> inappropriate. I, like, I remember people getting in trouble for holding hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> but no this joke. is fine. I remember in eighth grade, my girlfriend at the time, I gave her a kiss, and then we literally got taken to the office <laughs> immediately and sat there for like all of the next class, which was really bad that's for a, educational. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a bit much. But I mean, but, no, this but is they're fine. just, yeah, yeah, not even airport security. No, just dry hump in the in the seating area. Yeah. That's fine. Clear sits down near them, oddly. I would have think, <laughs> thought she would have just gone somewhere else. But as she sits down, she drops one of her books. Alex walks by and he picks it up for her. She thanks him, but it's revealed that the book, by chance, opened up to a picture of the accident that killed Princess Diana. Again, I think we need to have a talk with France's tourism board because <laughs> what, why, is why this would you there? advertise that? But Alex looks out the window to see the plane that they'll be flying on, and it's almost shot like they're staring each other down. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. I thought that was kind of interesting, but just then, Todd pops up telling him <laughs> that they should go poop together. <laughs> <laughs> He he basically comes up with a nightmare scenario of taking a shit in the airplane bathroom and then one of those cute 2000s girls from the beginning walks in <laughs> after and then forever associates them with the smell of their shit, I guess. Yes. Which honestly, it's it's the exact idiotic thing that my friends would come up with in high school. And it's enough for him to be like, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, please. He goes with them. <laughs> they do. But in the bathroom, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver plays over the speaker the realization hits Alex that John Denver died in a plane crash. I feel like it should just be a rule hmm. for airports <laughs> to not play John Denver, Leonard Skinner, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, Aaliyah. Just cross those off. None of them. <laughs> Don't play any of them. You know what's funny is as I was watching it, I, w- I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, yeah, no, none of the big bopper. And then I couldn't nope. remember anybody else's name. And I'm like, the big bopper was the least <laughs> famous one. That's the, the only one I didn't say. Yeah. But it's funny because one of the writers said that this experience happened to them at the airport. Oh, no. And they had that realization in their head. They were like, he died in a plane crash. This is not good. Not cool. Uh, Don't do that. Not what you want to hear before you go. No, don't do that. (laughs) 
the one nitpick I do have is that it would have been nice if Alex didn't realize that. If that was just a little Easter egg for the audience to hear John Denver and already associated with all the other stuff. Like, we didn't see the terminal sign, and he's like, that also means, yeah. Yeah. you know? That means dead. Yeah, so I thought they could have let that go a little quieter, but... <laughs> that's that's a fair... That's fair. But anyway, an announcement comes over the loudspeaker saying it's time to begin pre-boarding for Flight 180, the flight to Paris. So they stand in line, getting their tickets torn, and Alex looks incredibly uneasy. So Miss Luton is walking by, and she's asking if anybody's seen Billy Hitchcock, and they haven't, so she goes and looks for him. Todd snaps Alex back to reality, and they board the plane together with George. Along the way, Alex looks out a window to see a storm brewing outside, and he notices that the walkway looks old and all scratched up. Yeah, it's like scary looking. Yeah, I wouldn't feel safe on that thing. But even worse... He looks down and he sees a vehicle drive by underneath them between like this partition of the walkway and the plane. Mm -hmm. And the vehicle number is 666. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. I didn't even catch that. I didn't know. (laughs) I was like, is a black cat going to walk by and be like, the plane's going to crash? You know, like I don't, I feel like. They have to walk under a ladder to get into the plane. (laughs) Yeah. It's not setting it up enough for you. (laughs) Now open this umbrella and take your seat. But once they get onto the plane, they see a baby crying really hard. And George is like, that's not a good sign. And he says that it would take a fucked up God to take this plane down. But then in their seating area, they see a mentally challenged man wearing an oxygen mask. And George is like, a really fucked up God to take down this plane. And so Alex, I guess, isn't the only person entertaining this idea of the plane crashing. I feel like that's not out of the ordinary like a lot of people are afraid to fly or have bad associations with flying and while david duchovny jr does make a point (laughs) i don't know that i would that would bring me any solace whatsoever i feel like he's grasping his straws here yeah god would do this (laughs) just sweating look look it's fine it'll be fine Mm, well (laughs) but they get to their seats and alex and todd are seated separately Todd has already struck up a conversation with Kristen Blake, the It Girls, and he's seated a little farther up. I guess one of the girls is supposed to sit next to Alex, and then the other girl is supposed to sit next to Todd, so they want Todd to switch seats so that they can sit together. And so Todd says no because he has a bladder infection. (laughs) And I'm like, I thought you didn't want these girls associating Uh. him with the bathroom. (laughs) But... Alex is already seated and he has his fan turned on trying to get his mind right. And so the girls walk up to him and ask him the same thing. He says yes against Todd's silent protests, basically saying he'll fucking kill him if he says he'll trade. Yes. But why would you want to sit next to someone who doesn't want to sit next to you? The whole flight, (laughs) you know? She's going to be pissed off at you because she can't sit with her friend. Exactly. You're not going to date her. It's not going to work out. I don't, I don't like. Teenage boys are so stupid <laughs> that this reads as true well, because it's yeah. like, I just want to be next to her. But it's like, no, dude, you'll get more brownie points if, if you, you yeah. Alex is going to be on their good side exactly. because he switched. They're like, fuck Todd. <laughs> and his bladder. <laughs> but Alex moves up to sit with Todd, who is annoyed at him for switching. And so Alex opens up his seat back tray, but a piece is loose and it just falls down and stays there. He hits the attendant call button for some reason. He's like, I need a new seat. Like, I don't know what that was for. Come fix my tray. 
But Billy also makes it aboard and sits behind Carter rather than sitting by him, which I guess is somehow better. He's still going to fuck with you the whole flight. <laughs> yes. But the flight attendant is going over the standard safety precaution speech before the plane takes off. They give the abridged version because it's really fast. Yeah, I, I don't even remember them saying anything. They said something about the seatbelts. And I think that was it. Like, <laughs> buckle up, motherfuckers. And then yeah. just... You know, Let's but that's it. Yeah. But Todd looks super excited. Alex still is looking around really nervously. We see Clear is seated behind Alex with her headphones on. Alex looks out the window as the plane is leaving the ground and Mr. Murnau fucking throws his hands up he's like, like he's doing the way <laughs> So excited. I thought Todd was excited. <laughs> but the entire cabin cheers along with him. We get shots of the cabin cheering, but Carter looks fucking nauseous whenever we pan over him. Yeah. And they pass over his section. Yeah. But then the next shot is him going, whatever. <laughs> and he's fine. <laughs> I read Kerr Smith and Sean William Scott basically OD'd on Dramamine during this scene. So I think that might be why he looked fucking soft. (laughs) But Alex looks even worse for wear. Oh, yeah. And he's clutching his armrest and some turbulence begins. But a flight attendant is like, "Ah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah. But it eventually stops. Everyone, including Alex, lets out a sigh of relief. The sigh of relief is the death knell in every horror film. That should be another rule. Nothing is ever okay. No. (laughs) Don't pretend for one second that things are going to be fine. Because, of course, the turbulence begins again, even worse this time. The lights start flashing. People start screaming. Baggage falls from one of the overhead compartments. Billy drops his whoppers on the... It's a real mess. Yeah, that dude was shoving his face with whoppers before they even... Like, he was ready. I don't... And they show the whoppers a lot on the floor. Yeah, on the floor. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to be like... It was going to form a pentagram or something, the way that they're doing all the shit. But nothing literally happens at all. It's just whoppers. Yeah, but the oxygen masks fall from above and everyone frantically puts them on. The electricity begins to short and it sends sparks throughout the cabin. Suddenly, an entire section of the plane just breaks off and people start getting and sucked out row by row. One girl, admittedly overacting a little bit, reaches out screaming. Okay, yeah. let this happen to you and see how well, the fuck you act. I, I'd probably do it a little better, but <laughs> she's reaching out to Miss Luton and she's screaming, trying to help her, but it's too late. She gets sucked out into the yeah. sky. People fly into the aisle and a bag flies and hits Todd in the back of the head. Yeah. I don't know how they did that because it looked legitimate. Yeah. He took it like a champion. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Did I just get hit with something? He's, He's like, like <laughs> He took it like a champion. He did. But an explosion sends fire through the entire cabin, also spraying guts against the wall for some reason. Hey. I don't know where or yeah, why that happened. Know. It's chaos. It's an entire leg that gets thrown. I don't know if you noticed. There's legs. There's fire. It's a, it's a whole situation. <laughs> it's a mess. But we get a very close-up shot of Alex being consumed by flames. It's like eating his face up. It's real bad. It looks good. Yeah, it does look good. But it's tough. Yeah. I read that the special effects guy that basically put this whole scene together, it took him two months to build the set of the plane. It was a 45,000-pound set on a gimbal (laughs) that sat 89 people. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they literally, they fucking shook shook it around. (laughs) They did all that. Uh. And, of course, the actors went through the ringer for it. Yeah. And that's why they were on Dramamine. I'm sure they were nauseous (laughs) as fuck. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, no. What did I sign up for? That's No joke. That's actually what the special effects guy said when he found out he had to build that. (laughs) What did I sign up for? (laughs) But funny story, I read on 
consequence of sound that when it came time to make the fifth movie in this series, they were looking for another gimbal because they had sold the one they used on Aww. this film. Yeah. And somehow they bought one randomly and it turned out to be the exact same <laughs> one they used on this film. So they were like, it's a sign. It's fate. Oh, wait, it's oh, a no. sign. <laughs> they like lost their shit. We're all going to die. <laughs> exactly. To his and everybody else's credit, though, mm -hmm. that scene watching it now is still fucking yes. scary to me because it's like the yeah you know michael myers who are, it's all scary <laughs> shit like that it's like real in the moment horrifying like something like that could happen yes and it the way that it played out was very realistic mm -hmm. and like just the helplessness of it that scene fucking freaked me out watching it now as a as a fucking <laughs> yeah, adult grown yeah. yeah it is it's scary to me as a kid, it scared me. I feel like it scared me even more now. Yeah. I don't know how it's even possible. <laughs> no, it's but they did a great it, job. It all happened so fast. Like yes. it's just, <laughs> no, it's just turbulence. We're fine. Fuck, okay. like we're we're dead now. Half of us are dead. I think the scene's only like two minutes long. Yeah, it's it's very scary and it's pretty iconic. Yeah, but we then see Alex with his eyes closed, and it's before takeoff. Krista and Blake are once again asking him to switch seats, and we realize now that the previous sequence was a dream or a premonition of what's to come. So Alex wakes up, frightened as hell, and everything plays out as it did before. He rushes up next to Todd, and the same piece of that seat back tray is loose, just like it was in his vision. Everyone notices him, including Carter, and a flight attendant who asks him what's going on. Well, he's acting, I he's, mean... Yeah. <laughs> but... Rather than being like, hey, I think we have a problem. He's like, I the fucking plane's going to explode, which probably <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the best thing to say. <laughs> no. Todd tries to calm him down, but the situation keeps escalating with Carter threatening to fight Alex and the flight attendant threatening their removal from the plane. He's in the right. Carter makes no sense. I have to say, I have a problem with Carter's character as a whole yeah. in the movie. I feel like he is cartoonishly an asshole just yeah. to be an a the asshole character like what reason do you have to try to beat this dude's ass because he's from the outside and maybe having a panic attack because right. he's afraid of flying so you beat his ass <laughs> like that that makes no sense and she's stupid for being with him too but just oh, throwing Terry. that out there yeah and well if alex is freaking out why doesn't carter just crack a joke and just turn to his girlfriend you know he doesn't or need be, to be like, like, hey, pussy. Like, yeah, you have to get out of your he, seat. He literally gets out of his seat and he points at Alex. <laughs> like, you. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't get I it. I didn't understand why he hit him or anything. No, I was like, it's I don't, cartoonish. It's none of your business. Like, nobody would do that. And he'd been fucking around with Billy the entire movie, so it's not like we already have it established that him and yeah, Alex have it out for each something. other. Yeah, I just, that bothered me because it's so, like, if I'm about to take off on a plane and somebody jumps up and says, the plane's gonna, I'm not like, I'm gonna fuck this dude <laughs> Yeah. Like I would be scared. Yeah. I would be. I would be worried. Yeah. Like and no, fuck you, dude. Like it's. It. I thought that was dumb. Carter, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy arrives late, and he gets swept up in the frenzy. Everyone in the aisle is forced off the plane, which includes Alex, Carter, Billy, and Terry. Yeah. Well, because she that that's her whole role in this movie is Carter. No, stop! Yeah. Not now. Yeah. So she had to jump in the aisle to try to stop him, <laughs> and she did, and she got her ass kicked off for it. Yeah. Miss Luton and Mister Murnau join them to try and figure out what the hell even happened. Yeah. Todd also gets off the plane after George tells him to go check on Alex. Clear, who is me in this scenario, notices one hundred percent everything that's happening and decides to remove herself from the plane. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, dude. I would have done the same thing. I am not 100% super superstitious anymore, but that happens on a plane I'm on. I'm not flying on that plane. I, I am 100% superstitious <laughs> anymore, and you got me fucked up. You let me off or... Excuse I'm gonna blow up. Blow this <laughs> yeah, that's all you have to do. You have to scream it now. Like, get her off. You're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But all the students are taken back into the airport and sat down by security. The captain comes out and he's like, I'm not letting any of them back on board. And Miss Luton immediately tries to appeal to him because she's like, Look, they're on a fucking trip to Paris. 40 students, all of them, yeah. no supervision by adults. You need to let at least one of us back on this plane. And he's like, Fine, I'll let either you or him return, but not both of you. I don't know why. <laughs> it's such an, yeah. a weird, arbitrary rule. Yeah. They, weren't, a stance. they weren't fighting. <laughs> so. She talks to Mr. Murnau and he's like, I'll stay here with the kids. And she's like, no, you know, the whole French thing. Go and get on the plane. I'll just take a later flight with them. And he's like, all right. Billy also tries to appeal to get back on the plane because he honestly didn't do anything. But didn't do anything. It does not work out. He's like, I was just late. I was in the bathroom. <laughs> he's the comic relief, obviously. Yes, yes, he is. He's the, the stew. Yes, very much. But the students... Watch as the plane takes off, and Miss Luton tries to get Alex to explain what even happened. He tells her about the vision, how it felt, how it was, like, really happening, which for some reason angers Carter even more. And so he's <laughs> I, like, you know, we got kicked off a plane just because Browning had a bad fucking dream. And he's like, <laughs> Alex is like, the only trip you're taking is to the hospital. I don't know why. I don't know why. Where did this animosity I don't come know. from? But they start to fight now. <laughs> And then they get pulled apart, and Alex is like, I wish you were on that plane, which is like, Ooh. you're the only one that saw what happened. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot. That's real fucked up. But Billy is the only one now at the window, and he's looking outside, and he's watching the plane as it reaches the sky. Almost immediately, it explodes into a ball of fire, and the blast shatters all the windows in the airport, and everyone stares out in horror as emergency vehicles are speeding towards the crash site. And I mean, not only have I seen this movie before, but even if you haven't seen this movie before, you know what's going to happen to that plane. Yes. Yeah. I still got goosebumps when it exploded. <laughs> You know, yeah, it, <sighs> the way it does. And then it's almost it's like it silently happens. And then everybody realizes it's happening. The glass yeah. shatters. It's a lot. Yeah. I read that they built a model and exploded that model, but they had to get it just right to where it looked proper in the sky. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. Well, they didn't no. real. They didn't blow up a real 747. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? this. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like 90 <laughs> percent. But in the next scene, we see our group together in a white room. Everyone stares at Alex, understandably, but he tells them he didn't cause this to happen. Miss Luton's like, did anyone survive? And he's like, how do I know? Yeah, I thought it was very strange that she yeah. asked him, are there any survivors? I was like, how, when did your vision end? Yeah. Well, honestly, yeah. you got ate up by the fire, too, so fucking, you wouldn't yeah, know he, anything. Yeah, so I'm not... It's like, yeah, part I'm of my vision was two weeks later in the yeah. hospital. <laughs> But Clear's like, Alex isn't a witch. But everyone's like, I don't know, man. Seemed pretty witchy to me. <laughs> Just then, a representative from the NTSB and a couple of FBI agents walk in. The NTSB guy says that their families have been notified. The cause of the explosion is undetermined, and they're still searching for survivors. FBI agents Ween and Shrek interrupt. <laughs> Shrek. Yeah, <I> know. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah, Why'd they I, do that? I don't know. <laughs> like, FBI agents Donkey and Shrek... <laughs> Say they'll need to interview each of them while the events are still fresh in their mind. So Ween says that it'll help them locate potential survivors. How? I don't know. But he also says it'll help with any <laughs> impending criminal investigations. And then they both stare down Alex, not even trying yeah. to hide him. Oh, no. 
The camera even <laughs> zooms on them. They're like, they mean you. You, Alex. In the next scene, Alex is being interviewed, and they ask him if he took any drugs, you know, why he said what he said, why he said he wished Carter was on the plane. But but that means that somebody had to tell yeah. them that. <laughs> Carter was like, and then he fucking said he wished. That's dog shit. But he basically said he just got a bad feeling, but that he he didn't think it was actually going to happen, which honestly doesn't make a lot of sense. No, because he was like, this, this plane's going to yeah. <laughs> like you were You were noted as saying, quote, this fucking plane's going to explode. <laughs> but after this, we see Todd is interviewed next, realizing that his brother stayed on the plane and is dead. It's We see the moment that it happens. It's, it's very sad. sad. Yeah, like you said, you literally see the realization come over his face. Like, oh my God, he was still... He mm-hmm. stayed. We then see Mrs. Luton racked with guilt for sending Mr. Murnau back onto the plane. Then we see the FBI agents super confused, interviewing Clear, asking why she even got off the plane if she doesn't know Alex, isn't friends with any of the people who left or anything. And she just says that she believed Alex yeah. when he got up and said that. Yeah. But they're like, what are you? What? You, get, explain you don't to even me. have yeah. friends. Yeah, so... like, yeah. I know. All right. <laughs> why did you even want to live? here nor there. <laughs> It's fucked. But after the interviews, all the survivors are waiting in that white room again when all their families burst in. Alex hugs his parents and his mom doesn't apologize for ripping off that baggage tag. He should have been like, she's the one you want. But he played it real cool and I respect that. (laughs) But I don't know if you noticed, Carter's father very coldly goes, there he is. (laughs) When he sees his son, it's fucked. But Todd's dad. Oh, you didn't die? Ah, Damn. Oh, well. Todd's dad kind of stares at Alex as he hugs his son. Yeah. Which he he shouldn't know anything yet. You're right. You're absolutely right. Unless he's like best friends with agents Shrek and, and Donkey. donkey. <laughs> You're totally right. All he knows is one of his sons. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know Alex had not. any part of it. Yeah. You're right. But Clear's family never shows, so Alex's parents give her a ride home in the rain. They give her a ride to <laughs> a street. Yeah, to a muddy, wet right street. There. I was like, God damn, you couldn't have pulled up to the house. Like, you know the rest of the way? Get out. <laughs> we gotta get home. Clear is staring at Alex the whole drive, and he's just sitting there silently. They finally get home, the Brownings, and we peer in through the rain into Alex's monkey skeleton window as he... <laughs> walks into his bedroom with his family and he looks around for a second and then just breaks down it's crying. Sad. His mom hugs him, but his dad just stands there with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> his dad <laughs> nods in approval. Exactly, yeah. 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 Yes, dead. sir. <laughs> <laughs> but in the living room, they watch the latest news on flight 180 where they say all passengers are presumed dead. Alex's parents are asleep, but he continues watching with tears in his eyes. A loud thunderclap snaps his focus away from the television and he gets up to look out the window. Outside, a bolt of lightning just strikes the street. It's like, I didn't forget about you. (laughs) You're on borrowed time, motherfucker. (laughs) Um, According to IMDb, the footage on the TV was from a real crash from TWA Flight 800 in 1996, which also took off from JFK Airport, also carrying a French club. Holy shit. Yeah. So. I read Roger Ebert's review. He was like, that's poor taste. I was yeah, going to say, is that that's... disrespectful? I think it has to be. Now, the one of the writers said, oh, that's not true. But they never gave any <laughs> <laughs> evidence as to why. Because they, they said, oh, this wasn't based on that plane crash. But it's literally the plane crash. Stop it. Just, just admit it. I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't even know if 
it's okay to ask this, <laughs> but like this movie was made in 2000. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that this movie even could have been made after like post 9-11? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't think so at all. I know. I read an interview actually. Kerr Smith was saying that I guess I think he did some movie that was called Ground Zero after they made this and they each had to change the title of the movie and then they didn't they ended up not even releasing the movie because it was called Ground Zero previously so I mean the title change alone wasn't enough on a different movie so a movie with a plane crash taken off from New York that's just that wouldn't work right I did read, though, that they said with the new protocols after 9-11, if Alex Browning were to have said oh, that, God. they would have never, the plane would have never taken off, period. They would have taken everyone off the plane. It wouldn't have just been the people in the aisle. Right. They would have grounded the plane. They would have fucking checked everything, and that flight would have never been made. I thought it was odd that as soon as they got kicked off and a couple of people went back on, or the I guess the French teacher went back on, they were like, we got a fucking schedule to keep. Yeah. Like, they were in the air immediately. Like, we didn't want to be eating croissants. Yeah, they fucking, did. They took they off They took fast. off immediately. <laughs> it was gone. But in the next scene, it's 39 days later, and they're having a memorial at Mount Abraham High School for the 39 students and faculty who died. Did you see the girl behind Alex, though? Uh, just fucking staring, staring at him? Staring at him. Mm-hmm. Was she the only extra that got direction? Because nobody else was. Nobody I feel like everybody was. would be. I thought that I seen her looking at him, she and I was, was like, that's not... But, <laughs> she was staring no, straight yeah. at him the whole time. I feel like, like if, not blinking. if you went to this high school, and there was a kid that predicted this plane crash, got people off the plane, and they survived, wouldn't everybody think he was there. strange yeah. and look at him a lot? I don't know, but they unveil a memorial statue... And everyone approaches it to pay their respects. There's a song that's playing during the memorial. I thought it was playing over a loudspeaker, but it's a guy performing it live. And I tried to look it up before I knew that to see if he had also died in a plane crash or something. But it turns out there's barely any information on this song. And it was never released. And a bunch of fans are clamoring for it. I mean, it's all right. (laughs) But everyone's like, this song fucking hits me in the heart. I was like, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. But in the line... Carter gets into it with Alex, basically saying he doesn't owe him anything. He's like, I control my life. I'll never die. I'm like, mm, let's. Again, cartoonish. It's yeah, bad. I didn't, I didn't understand what his deal was. No. Like, what, what's, what's his problem? What is like, wrong what's happening? With the- and he can't even thank Alex in a weird way. I mean, if it wasn't for that, you would be dead. Or just say nothing. Yeah, don't come yeah, at him like. Just, you don't yeah. have to say a word. That's you true. You fucker, you saved my. You didn't yeah, save my. How dare you? I'm alive. For me, I did it. <laughs> I'm never going to die. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. But Terry breaks it up and Billy approaches Alex. He tells him, he's, he, I guess he's just trying to make small talk. He's like, I passed my driving test last week. <laughs> cool, Billy. Yeah, he's like, that's great, cool. man. But he did. He does tell him that he barely passed it. And okay, so he passed it. But the guy that gave him the <laughs> test is like, "You're gonna die young. Why would you pass me?" Yeah. I'd be like, "Can I talk to your Why manager?" You like, that? Yeah, that's yeah. fucked. <laughs> but he's like, "Is is that is that true?" And Alex is like, "You're not gonna die, man. Not now. Not ever." It's like you're again. Well, it's yeah. like it's Billy's treating him like a magic eight ball. He is. Yeah. He still looks shaken, and then he comes back, and he's like, hey, should I ask uh, (laughs) this girl out? Ask me later. I don't... Yeah, that felt improvised, though, and he's like... (laughs) Yeah, it did. Yeah. But Alex approaches Mrs. Luton, who's standing in front of a pile of roses at the monument, and she tells him not to talk to her because he scares the hell out of her. She didn't have to do him like that. Mm. 
She didn't have to do him like that. She stormed off, and I was like, well, it's the guilt of Mr. Murnau. I don't think it has anything to do with Alex. I mean, I guess you're right, but goddamn, like, why is everybody being so mean to him? Uh, not only that, he's still supposed to be a kid. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's like, true. I forget. He's, uh, you're a fucking freak. <laughs> it's like, well, well she didn't dude, go that hard. It felt like it. Todd then walks up to Alex, and they talk a little bit about how after everything... I guess his dad is taking everything really hard, obviously, but he's like, after everything calms down a bit, we'll take a road trip to the city and we'll hang out like we used to do. But then he takes off because I guess he's going to read something in front of the memorial yeah. for everyone. As he leaves, Clear approaches Alex with a white rose and tells him that he's the only reason she's alive, which is honestly what Carter should have also been saying. She's basically the anti-Carter. Well, yeah, <laughs> and she's the, she's the only one making sense. Yeah. Like, nobody has gratitude for this dude. No, they're like, they are, you like, fucking <laughs> freak. <laughs> Thanks for, I'm alive, though, thank you. But just as she thanks him, some dude snaps a photo of them for the newspaper, using flash in broad daylight, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> it's not good photography. But Todd reads from The Germantes Way by Marcel Proust, the passage is pretty damn depressing, basically saying we all think of death as this faraway concept without realizing it could be a part of the day we're already living. And it did seem really dark, but it does turn out that after looking online, a lot of tragedies, this passage is often read. Jeez. That kind of surprised me. I mean, it's sad, but it's like it puts it in perspective. Mm. Like it's true. You don't, don't want to it to be it. true. I know. I don't want to talk about it or think yeah. about it, but it's true. I think that gets at the heart of why this movie is good. And is why because it's scary. It speaks to a fear that literally every human being has and yep. a reality that every human will face. It's, it's an inevitability. And yeah. that's what makes it so scary, you know? Mm -hmm. And to like the concept really hadn't been done in this manner. Yeah, not in this way. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but we hear Todd finish the passage, and we see him walking into the bathroom later that night at his house. A breeze blows into the room from an open window, much like at the beginning of the film in Alex's room, and slowly blows the bathroom door shut. Todd isn't bothered by this. No. <laughs> Not at all. No. But he sits down on the toilet, which has honestly been most of his screen time at this I point. I was going to say, I don't think we needed to see Todd poop twice in no. one movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's overkill. But thanks to him taking another poo, we see that there's water leaking from one of the pipes in the toilet. Right. At the same time, Alex is at his house doing a lot of research on plane crashes and explosions and the like. Probably not best to have those books yeah. around. I, you know, didn't, when, I didn't think about that. When but... you're under you're 100% under investigation. Yes. If the FBI is like, hey, can we take a look inside? No, 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 yeah. no, no. <laughs> But Alex takes a sip of coffee and he looks at some paperwork. His fan, which I'm pretty sure is an antagonist in this film at this point, <laughs> blows a newspaper open and Alex grabs it and sees a photograph of Clear from the memorial on the front page. But then no joke, Alex puts down the newspaper and decides to distract himself with a porno mag that's in his desk. There's What else to take a break from the doom and gloom? Like, what, what do you I want? I don't know. He's like, I'm going to go the other way with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But back in Todd's bathroom, he's attempting to shave without any shaving cream. Yeah, he's really shitty at <laughs> he's shaving. He's bad at it. He just, and immediately, yeah. the first he nicks his neck, immediately he starts bleeding. He doesn't even have anything on his face <laughs> no. to shave. There's no hair, there's yeah, nothing, no stubble. It was, I thought that was a very weird yeah. thing to do. I feel like it was, and it would have made more sense if it if the character had facial hair, but a lot of just 
misdirection. Yeah, that, that's oh, a lot. he might he might cut himself or nick an artery or slit his own throat or like uh, we we're expecting this thing to happen. So we got to see all the ways that it could happen. That's, that is one thing I do like about this movie is they do a lot of misdirection because <laughs> even in just in this scene, the the water is like growing on the floor towards him and he starts to trim his nose hair with scissors like i mean you think he's gonna fall you think all this stuff is gonna happen but oddly the water was like methodically tracing the tiles yeah todd sees a dark shadow move behind him in the mirror and he turns around and sees nothing yeah but like he turned all the way around and scanned the room but he still didn't see the water all over the floor he didn't look down he scanned the room yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) but after he tries to trim his nose hair he puts the scissors down and basically abandons that as soon as it begins he decides to plug in his radio to put on some music, but Rocky Mountain High by John Denver starts playing, so he unplugs it immediately and walks away before the water reaches him. And sparks. Exactly. Yeah. Again, you're like, he's going to be electrocuted. You know, there's it's a lot going on. I, and so I, I do think it's pretty effective suspense-wise. Yeah, well, because the, the stakes get bigger every time almost, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he... He's going to... Yeah, you know <laughs> what's going to happen. Eventually. Yeah. Back in Alex's room, he's literally smiling at the porno he's looking at. (laughs) And then he looks over at the newspaper again, deciding maybe I should put this down and read that instead. Enough porn. Gotta get back to work. (laughs) But before he can put his porn away, an owl lands on his windowsill. Very aggressively. (laughs) It looks pissed. It looks super mad. I did read that owls are supposedly an omen of death. So again, Uh it's another one of those things. But oddly and kind of instinctively, he just throws the porn at the owl. the the window. (laughs) Yeah. And it hits that famous fan and just gets destroyed. What the fan shred it up like that it wouldn't have gotten into the fan that's why i was like that was awesome yeah that was a weird thing to do <laughs> it had a guard on it you know yeah. but i was confused an errant piece of the magazine lands on his leg he picks it up and it says todd now the page he was looking at earlier it said today today at the top. yeah and so it was literally from the page he was looking right. at yeah again more foreshadowing kind of interesting but back in todd's bathroom Todd opens up the shower curtain and we see a bunch of clothes drying on a clothesline. Just as he's gotten all the clothes off, the water has finally reached him and he slips, falling neck first into the line, which just wraps around his throat in a very odd... I don't know how physically that happened. Because yeah. he was just kind of hovering there like, oh, just letting it go around. But it's jarring when it happens. It's fucking intense. But he knocks over shampoo as he falls into the tub and is being strangled. The shampoo in the tub is keeping him from gaining any kind of footing as the wire gets tighter. We get this shot of the blood vessels bursting in his eye. It looks crazy. Mm -hmm. That always fucked with me as a kid. It's real bad. But we also get a shot of Todd's father sleeping in the living room as his son's just in the other room struggling (laughs) for his life. But on the counter, Todd sees that pair of scissors he was using to trim his nose hairs and he reaches for them, but they're way too far away. So he just clutches his throat, slowly goes limp and dies. Now, the water, for some reason, <laughs> recedes back underneath the toilet. It was I, obviously clearly done by reversing the footage, mm-hmm. but why would death need to keep this a secret? Its work is done. But why Why is it like, okay, this is like a slasher where death itself is the killer, but it's not like they're going to arrest death if they find out right. it was and a I part had, of it. I had a problem with that too because, and we'll get to it as, in a second, but it's almost like, Death didn't want anything to dispute that this was a suicide. 
But like, why would that matter? Is it is it mad at Alex? So it's just trying to fuck with him specifically. I mean, I don't, it, it, <laughs> you know, because as it comes out later, this isn't good for Alex yeah. either. Like, but yeah, yeah like try to cheat me. Well, I guess don't know. what? But <laughs> and then honestly, this doesn't look like a suicide. No, anyway. not at all. And no. so like that bothered me too. There's a couple things. <laughs> From a de- from a, a detective or like a forensic standpoint yes. in this movie, that I was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> well, that's not how that works. It's like open and shut case, Johnson. Yeah. But no, <laughs> no, no, it no. is a wide open case. But um, open and open case, Johnson. He's he's digging at his neck, trying to get the wire off. Mm-hmm. He's trying to gain purchase in the tub. You can tell by all that. Like it, this was not a suicide. No, it wasn't the and shampoo. So, yeah. yeah, and so you know the the water receding back to hell or whatever. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. Yeah, I I had a problem with this scene for a number of reasons. <laughs> and I think it just kind of, I don't know. Well, for one, like we said, he's going to shave with no, no sh- shaving cream. There's mm-hmm. no hair on his face. There's nothing. What are you doing with that? And then how old is that razor that you're using? It was from yeah. the 30s, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, come on. Todd's grandfather yeah. I, gave it to he him. He seems very, maybe I'll shave my face. Maybe I'll trim my nose hairs. Yeah. Now let's listen to some well, music. That, like, that, was the, that was another thing. <laughs> I've never gone to trim my nose hairs, stopped what I'm doing, plugged in a radio, heard, heard a song for two seconds, unplugged it, turned back around, you know, and I'm going to take a shower. Like everything is it's, just I mean, finish one thing. I think yeah. the only thing that I could mark it up, chalk it up to at least to, I guess, defend the filmmakers a little bit. He's probably his brain like is all lost. over the place. Yeah, I can see that. His brother <sighs> just died. But at the same time, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that aside, I will say it's probably the most iconic death this is, in the film, aside from the plane crash. Yeah. Right. And I had said before that there was only one scene that I really remembered, and it was this. Yes. This was a scene that for some reason out of the whole movie, this is the scene that stuck with me. I think it might be his performance because yeah. seeing yeah. him struggle to breathe, it is And his rough. eyes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. his feet, like yeah. It, yeah. all of it, it. It's like, it's, it's a lot. It's shot very well, even yeah. though it, no, that, that <laughs> maybe that doesn't was... make the most. <laughs> yeah. But we then see Alex arriving at Todd's house to see an ambulance and the coroner taking him away. Clear, who for some reason is there hiding behind a tree, whispers to Alex and tells him to get out of there. I'm like, is she a figment of his imagination? What the hell are you doing here? We see the FBI agents are there too. So Todd's parents come out and Todd's dad blames Alex immediately, says that Todd killed himself because he felt guilty about George staying on the plane. Alex is like... No, he, he Todd wouldn't do and that. I, yeah. yeah, we were making plans after you got better. Why would we make plans if he was just going to kill himself? And Todd's dad just walks away. <laughs> He's like, I don't. You know. killed him. Yeah. Alex sees the coroner close the van, and the FBI agents look at him suspiciously. He then looks to see that Clear has just ghosted like Batman does, <laughs> and the van pulls away. The next day, Alex walks to Clear's house. She's outside doing some welding. <laughs> I guess it's like an art situation, but he interrupts her. What is her house? I don't don't mean to interrupt, but what the hell's going on? And for the story she tells later, it's a nice fucking house. So I don't really understand. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But (laughs) what the hell is happening? I don't know. But Alex interrupts her and asks why she was at Todd's house last night. 
She starts talking about the seasons changing and then speculates that the FBI still doesn't know what caused the crash and that Alex probably looks super suspicious because not only did he have that vision and say all that shit, but he was also there at Todd's house the night he died. Alex is like, yeah, but why were you there? (laughs) Can you answer my question? (laughs) And she's like, hey, what do you think this art piece is? And he's like sufficiently distracted somehow. And he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I don't know. (laughs) And she goes, well, it's you. And... (laughs) Then launches into some it's some cringe dialogue, no, man. What's fu- yeah. What's funny it, is she says it's how you make me feel. Yeah. And yeah, he goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Clear. Just, no, that's Who great. Hurt yeah. You? She says that. It represents yeah. how he makes her feel. It's not he's a like, likeness, he's he like, says. Oh damn. Which is good. He's like, I look like that. Fuck. Jeez, man. I always thought I was a five. I guess yeah. I'm a two. But she explains that she felt what he felt on the plane, even though she didn't have a vision. And she says she can still feel him, which is why she was at Todd's house. Again, that doesn't make make a lot of sense. And no. <laughs> also, when she is reacting to what's going on in the plane, mm-hmm. she doesn't look like she's feeling what he's feeling. She looks no. like, oh... I'm gonna. Yeah. I believe what he's saying. She doesn't look like she's experiencing any of it. Maybe for if herself. she looked frantic, nervous, sweating, anything, crying, yeah. anything, she was just like, mm, "Doesn't sound good." Yeah, yeah. Out. which is totally relatable mm-hmm. and it makes sense on yeah. its own. I don't feel like they needed to add that little yeah, no. "me too." No, like I don't. Yeah. It's odd because to me. even if you just have her being a person that experienced this, she doesn't need this empath stuff going no, on. No, no. Yeah. That's enough because she's literally the only character that's not treating him like shit yeah, and for what she, happened. She's no, the only she, uh, one that believed him enough to feel like her life was in danger. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really you don't get points for believing him if you were also like this fucking plane's about <laughs> yeah. to explode. It's just now you had a bad you feeling. You also knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like I that. don't like that either. And I don't know if this is their clunky way of trying to forge a romance between the two of them, which again we'll talk about later, but it just doesn't work for me. I feel like, and I'll I'll bring this up when it happens, but I feel like this whole thing is for something that happens later. Yes. I guess. Yeah. But Alex tells Clear that he doesn't know why, but he feels like Todd might have just been the first, basically saying that death might not be done with him, but that he would know more if he could see Todd one last time. I don't understand that, but Clear says they should and they can. Well, okay, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like Alex meant if I could just talk to him again, if I could have just seen him one yeah, more time before he died. And Claire's like, like dead one dead body <laughs> coming up, Alex. Claire's like, see him one more time? Gotcha. Bet. Got you covered. <laughs> that's not what he meant. But they do. <laughs> because cut to them fucking breaking into a funeral home yep. through a skylight. Yeah, they were cat burglars. <laughs> yeah, right in seriously. <laughs> I, I don't understand this. It's like, does Claire do this all yeah, the time? No. It looked like it. Well, she says, she's like, it gives me a rush. I'm like, calm down, Legion of Doom. Uh. (laughs) Like, holy shit. Um, This should be a somber affair, but she's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Is anybody else turned on right now? I thought that was a bit out of place. It really was. was. was Especially after what he just said. I wish I could have spoken to my dead best friend one last time. And she's like, ooh. ooh." Uh. She's like, rock and roll. (laughs) It's like, we should fucking rob a liquor store after this. (laughs) But they break into, I guess, the mortician's office. I'm not sure what you call it. It's the slab, you know, the place where he gets his work done. Todd is on that slab in the middle of being worked on. Clear is like, why did they make him up to look like Michael Jackson? And Alex is probably like, yeah, this is why we didn't talk before this. (laughs) 
it doesn't I feel like it betrays the character they were trying to create for clear yeah because now why is she just cracking jokes and fucking like yeah. a renegade uh, uh. And where did he get that tool to open the door? Because it was know. like perfectly made <laughs> to go in between the doors, turn, and just, yeah. and, and just open it. They like, got it from oh, clear. Hey, she luckily, does this all yeah. It's like this only works at the mortician's uh. office. <laughs> but just then, Todd's arm spasms and they jump back. Then out of the darkness comes the mortician, William Bloodworth, played by the master himself. Tony Todd. It's Candyman. It's, uh, he brings such gravitas to this role. Honestly, we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. and JP, we thought he was in this movie more. Yeah, I could have swore he was. <laughs> yes. He's not. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really not. <laughs> he's so impactful that he has one scene, but you're like, Yeah, I thought he this was is his movie. movie. <laughs> I thought yeah. he was the star. Yeah, I thought like, this, this was Candyman too. <laughs> Tony Todd's Final Destination yeah. starring Tony Todd. But he's like, Shh. You'll wake the dead. And you're like, oh, shit. And he's got that <laughs> voice in. He tells him the arm spasm because of chemicals. That was a, that, that was a big, was, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit much for he's me. Like, all right, I had some strings attached. I was, Claire breaks in here all the time. I was trying to scare <laughs> trying the shit out of her. I didn't know time. she'd bring a friend. She doesn't have any. But <laughs> they ask about the markings around Todd's neck. And he tells them that they're cuticle lacerations from him trying to pull the wire which Alex says proves that it was an accident and not suicide. Which is a conclusion come to by a teenage boy that the mm-hmm. FBI is like, this is normal. Yeah. This is a suicide. Oh, that's just, it just happens like that. <laughs> so I'm sorry, are you in the FBI? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> suicide. Anyways, Bloodworth tells him that in death, there are no accidents and no escapes. He says that he knows who Alex is. And then goes on to basically explain that everything we do, no matter how large or small, is all a part of death's design. Yeah, he's all up in their business. Like, he knows all their business. Yeah. And he's very chill for these two kids having just broken in here. Yeah. Like, what? It happens. <laughs> he, he, like, doesn't even blink. No. And just starts having a conversation with them. Alex asks if they know the design, can they cheat death? Bloodworth explains that they've already done that by getting off the plane, but that Todd's death has proven that death has a new design. He basically tells them that they can try to cheat death if they think they can get away with it, but disrespecting death's design could bring on a fury that would terrorize the Grim Reaper. And he says, and you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. And then he pulls a fucking tool out of Todd's (laughs) shoulder and blood spurts out and they're like, Jesus Christ. And he laughs. He does laugh. (laughs) Like, he's like, <laughs> he's I, just great. I don't know. I feel like he didn't have to do that in front of him. No, he really didn't. He's like, this was your best friend, right? <laughs> but after he sees that, Alex apologizes for breaking in. And he says, basically, they'll get out of his hair. But Bloodworth is like, I'll see you real soon. Uh, <laughs> he's like, just say my name five times. Like, <laughs> That's all you need. I'll be right there. This this leads into something about the franchise that we'll get into in future installments if we cover them, but Bloodworth appears in all of the films, all of them, and it's unclear just how much he knows about this, why he knows it, how he knows it, or if he's just some cryptic, creepy mortician who's just talking out of his ass. But he knows everybody. He's not talking out of his ass because he knew their business. I just he knew don't... his name. He knew the circumstances. He he knew their well, business. Yeah, he did call him Alex. He wasn't yeah. like, hi, I'm Alex. And he was like, so, you yeah. walked off that plane. Like, he, he knew all their shit. But what is death as a Mac Daddy? What does that mean? The Grim it's Reaper just, yeah. is the Mac Daddy. Well, I don't know what that means. I don't. I, I just, just think it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, just, just don't fuck with I think I Tony confused. Todd could say anything and it would sound cool. 
I don't need Morgan Freeman narrating my life. I need Tony, <laughs> Tony Todd. Todd. But that's the last we see of Tony Todd, unfortunately. But great job. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to Tony Todd. In the next scene, Alex and Clear discuss Death's design over coffee with a lot of it sounding similar to the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yes. I noticed that too. Right. He passes clear the note from the porno mag without telling her where it's from. I was about, I was going to say, is she like, did this come from? (laughs) He's like, no, don't touch that. (laughs) But he says that there are hints of the design everywhere and they just need to pay attention to it. Clear makes a pretty corny supposition about coffee. And I don't know if you recall that. Yeah, her cup is empty also. And, <laughs> and it's okay that it's corny because Alex is not listening. No, to he's not at says. all. He sees in the window of the coffee shop a bus speed by. But as he turns around, the bus is not there. It's actually a pretty neat shot because it's one fluid motion going yeah. around him. Yeah. And I'm sure they just, you know, spliced in the bus in the window, right, but right. it still looks pretty neat. But Alex postulates that since they've cheated Death's design once by getting off the plane, if they were to figure out the new design, it's possible they could cheat it again. Just then, we see Carter and Terry pull up in Carter's car, listening to Into the Void by Nine Inch Nails, which, great song. Carter's an asshole, but that's pretty good okay, taste in music. great song, but yes. the second they pull up, yes. Trent Reznor goes, final destination. <laughs> he does. And I fucking laughed out no, loud. I, well, here's the, here's the thing, is the song was not written for the movie. The song is just a song on its own, and they right. used it. And the movie wasn't even called Final Destination at the time. But not knowing those things and watching it and hearing that, pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so ridiculous. I Yeah, but... Clear says that after hearing Alex out, she thinks Todd killed himself. Problem. Yes. I feel like they did not know what to do with Clear's character. I will agree with you. Because initially she believes him enough to get off the plane herself. Mm -hmm. Then she telepathically felt his fucking vision or some shit and then now she's like you know what I don't believe you at all (laughs) well my question is like there's no (laughs) it doesn't make any sense to me after the conversation with Bloodworth how do you not and Alex is just taken to the next level he's literally saying what we just heard and he's like elaborating on it she's but like, now you're wow, like wow this guy's crazy yeah. like, it's almost fuck? like they had two characters and merged it into her because That's fair. because mm-hmm. she, there's no cohesiveness like right. and when she was like i believe that he did kill him. i'm like bitch I'm like, what yeah. are you talking and about and alex just looks defeated he's like pepper jack are you serious <laughs> just sad i didn't i don't like that no but carter drives off but then he decides to turn the car around, nearly running over Billy, who's riding his bike nearby for some reason. But he got his license. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he did. Maybe he doesn't have a car. He's like, I'm... <laughs> Maybe he's scared. Yeah, he's like, I guess. You're going to fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> Young, he said. Never mind. Not driving. But in one shot, it's clearly a stuntman yeah. who looks nothing like Sean William yeah. Scott. And it's really bad because... With the rule of thirds, the stuntman's face is right where your eye is drawn to immediately. And the shot lingers there long enough, just enough mm-hmm. to notice this is stuntman. I took a picture and I sent it to mom and she's like, more like Sean William not. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty good. That's great. <laughs> but Carter pulls up to Alex and clear and gets out of the car against Terry's protests. Now, why is she even with him? I think I've already asked that, but I don't know. How annoying would this be? Like, you guys are Every going to time. get lunch, and yeah. no, oh, I got to pull no, over and beat fight this dude's this ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do see Carter's license plate, though. It begins with RFK, which is possibly a reference to Robert Kennedy, who also died an untimely death. Ooh. Okay. I love these little Easter eggs. Yeah. But 
just before Carter accosts Alex, we see Mrs. Luton come out of the coffee shop. I guess it's just, everybody's here. Now, it's Carter... A bit, it's a little cheesy. Carter's like, oh, yeah. it's a little reunion. I'm like, you can't explain that away with that line. <laughs> no. Nice try, but... What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So we learn that she's moving in a couple weeks, which Carter blames on Alex. Alex is like, we're all in danger. And Terry's like, enough. She's fucking over it. She says that she's not going to let this plane crash define her life. But she's like, we all need to move on. She says that if Carter's just going to beat the shit out of Alex every single time that he sees him, then he can just drop fucking dead. As she says this, the bus from Alex's premonition arrives out of nowhere, hitting Terry and killing her. Bam, bitch went down. (laughs) And I said, I know I'd said about Todd's death being the most iconic. I feel like this one is the one that people probably remember. Yeah, because that's the first time I ever saw some shit like that. Yeah, and it's been copied a lot. It It was on Nip Tuck, dude. Like, I mean, and it's shocking. The first time you see it, you're not expecting it at all. No, literally at all. It's, It's like... The first time I saw it, when you were a kid, when the first I was time a kid, you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And it I, really hadn't been done. Now it's kind of like, oh, they're standing in the street yeah, yelling. Yeah, you're about to get fucking yeah. like, no. You can telegraph it now. Yes. But back then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was startling. <laughs> I just, I, again, I feel like, like you said, they all showed up and it's like, you can't just. That was, that was that. dumb. Yeah. yeah. That was dumb. I feel like that was already telling you, okay, somebody's fixing to die right now. And it's like, oh, it's like, With really? Yeah. It's why? Just like, why? How? And then I think what killed it for me was when the teacher came. And then it was yeah. like, oh, I was like, it's now enough, someone's dude, dying. It's enough yeah. with Carter, but then he had right. to almost run over Billy. I can, yeah. And then it's like. I could understand I, if it was like the kids. Maybe they all hang out and they right. live in the same neighborhood or whatever. But then the teacher comes and he's like, oh, hey. I, like, I will give you that. I completely yeah, agree I with little, you there. Uh, However, though, I was not, I wasn't expecting someone to die. I thought that oh, no, 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 Alex no. would just go on his rambling or whatever todd's death was so oh almost yeah. you gotta be quicker than that and then she just she's there and then she's gone like you were well, no yeah I there's get no it, way to expect that i i feel like like i said them all being there was like don't blink because you're gonna miss it somebody's dying right now i and guess i, I can like, oh, i guess i can see I that like, but okay. i didn't feel that way at all that not shit yeah. took me well, by no, surprise not, no, not as a kid but, but now, watching it now yeah. i was like all right you see it coming yeah i was like this is happening but it's pretty neat how they did that. They made like a life cast of her and just kind of put it there and they spliced within one frame the change between her wow. and the life cast. You, can, you can't even no, tell. Yeah, not no. at all. It always gets me still, yeah. even though I know it's coming. You know coming. it's coming. But in the next scene, we see Alex calmly drinking water with Alka-Seltzer in it as if he didn't just see someone get murdered right in front of him. Well, I mean, that would make my tummy hurt too. But also, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they added that the Alka-Seltzer because he's drinking it and then we see Clear drinking it. They added it because when they had shown this to test audiences or whatever, they could not transition into another scene. They needed a minute Mm. to chill out from seeing what just happened because their minds were blown. And I get in 2000? Hell yeah. yeah. And so the Alka-Seltzer is kind of like, get your mind right because we still got to tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) But Clear does call with her Alka-Seltzer as well. Alex's dad answers the phone and he lies and says Alex is in the shower because Alex doesn't really want to talk to anybody. Alex says there's something he needs to understand before he can talk to anyone. Just then, a news report explains the cause of the crash, which includes a diagram of the seating in the cabin. The line of a leak coincides with the seating of the survivors, which Alex then traces in order to further understand death's design. So, very quickly, the problem that I have here is that he's clearly wrong because the diagram that we see 
the explosion starts at a point that's on a window seat. He says, that's Todd's seat. Todd was sitting in the aisle. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And in the next shot, though, when he's tracing it off the computer, the explosion then starts at an aisle seat. (laughs) Well, man, they had to fix it. They're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Todd wasn't at the window? (laughs) But after tracing, he puts it on top of a diagram of the seating, and he realizes that not only are people dying in the order they would have died in the plane crash, but that Miss Luton is next. In the next scene, we're at Miss Luton's house. Right. She's on the phone with someone as she's packing, telling them how she's feeling guilty over Murnau's death. What was that creepy ass puppet that was sitting there? Did you see that? I don't want to know. Yeah. (laughs) Horrifying. She's like, I'm leaving that here. I'm leaving that behind. But I thought, I mean, this, this scene's really sad because she's basically saying that she lived her whole life here and she used to have all these good memories, but now she basically just sees tragedy everywhere she looks. She's like, I can't even look out in my own front yard without feeling some type of way. And it's Alex. And she looks out <laughs> the front yard. He's just there just, just skulking blatantly. around. <laughs> yeah. So she immediately gets off the phone and calls the FBI. Alex, completely unaware of how bad this looks, starts crawling under Miss Luton's car. And he's like pushing on her tires just as the FBI shows up. It's like, oh, yeah. baby, no. What is you doing? <laughs> it looks so bad. Uh, first of all, the response time is amazing for the FBI. They're like, Alex Browning? Alex, yeah, exactly. They, they heard the name. Fast. Yeah. But. They ask him what he's doing, and he's like, I was just you know, checking the air and the tire to make sure it's safe. <laughs> and they're like, get in the car. What's funny is he's like, yes, sir. Like, yeah. you know, he's, well, he's like, I'm not even going to try to lie. And it's funny because you see it silently from Miss Luton's window that it's just, he's gone. <laughs> he didn't even try to explain. He's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. But as he's leaving, Miss Luton returns to packing just as a breeze rolls in, despite the window being closed. In the next scene... Alex explains to the FBI about death's design and says there's a pattern. They're like, we've also noticed a pattern, which is basically that Alex is (laughs) showing up everywhere. Back in Luton's house, she puts on a John Denver record, which she remarks to herself was her mom's favorite. Yeah, but girl. Mm -mm. (laughs) Time and place. Back at the station, Alex explains further that everyone at school thinks he's a freak, even though he saved six lives, which is fair. Mm -hmm. Very fair. He says that everyone has a design and that he's going to break this one. He genuinely sounds insane. He sounds crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But back at Luton's house, she's making herself some tea. But as she's wiping the teapot with a towel, she sees the exact same black shadow that Todd saw in the bathroom mirror. She turns around to, of course, nothing. Of course. Yeah. She throws the towel onto the knife block or holder or whatever it's called and puts the teapot on the stove. The eerie death wind blows out the flame, which she relights with no issue. But it's more. Exactly. Yeah, more misdirection because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, shit. She's gonna it's all gonna, yeah. yeah. Back in the station, the FBI explains to Alex that they don't think he caused the plane crash. But now that people have started dying, he's back under their suspicion. Agent Ween asks if he can promise that nobody else is going to die, which is a really weird request for the FBI to be asking. <laughs> Alex is like, look, as long as I'm here, I can't promise that. And so they let him go. Yeah. What's funny <laughs> to me is he pushes in his chair like I am yeah. done yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be needing this. After he leaves, Agent Shrek says that at some points he almost believed Alex. Ween's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Luton pours herself some tea but she notices it's in a Mount Abraham mug, and so she throws the water out and instead fills it with ice cubes and vodka. Why did she throw the water out of the mug? Because it was the, the mug high school. is for the school. She's trying to get so? away from it. That's why she's like, stop, it's just a stupid mug. But seeing the school, yeah. yeah. It reminded her of everything. It's a mug. But she's... <laughs> it's, a, it's a cup. Trauma. 
Uh, yeah, but but she trauma. Was, yeah, she was also upset five minutes ago, and then turned around all smiley and was like, "Let's put on some music." <laughs> She's going she through was. a lot. She did do that. <laughs> She's going through a lot. But when she pours the vodka, the mug cracks, which allows some of it to leak onto the counter. Death loves leaks. Death loves fucking Rube Goldberg machines. Yes. <laughs> but one hundred percent. She continues packing. As the vodka just drips all over the place, including into the back of her computer. And she doesn't notice not any of it. Not it the trail. very loud. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was well, like... she's like, I'm listening to John Denver. All right. <laughs> the vodka in the computer causes sparks somehow, which Luton notices when smoke starts coming out of the back of it. She leans in for a closer look and the screen explodes, which shoots glass into her throat. She pulls it out, which is a rookie mistake. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't ever uh... do that. But she slips on her own blood into the record player, which begins playing Rocky Mountain High. The shot was done in reverse with the glass going into her throat. They had it start with her holding the glass to her throat and then pulled it away with a string and then just reversed it for the film. It looked good. It it looks great. It did. I love how many little tricks and stuff they had because that stuff really you can't talk shit about. Oh, no, 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 no. no. It looks great. It looks fantastic. But Alex is free from the FBI and he's walking down the street but he sees some guy burning a pile of leaves on his lawn, and we just said everything looks good, but Alex is then attacked by, I guess, some CGI yeah. leaves or something, and it does not look good <laughs> <That doesn't> look <laughs> at all. <laughs> Spoke too soon. But Luton continues into the kitchen, but the computer sends out a spark, which starts a fire that follows the trail of spilled vodka into the kitchen. It looks like it's following a trail of her blood. True. Because I was like, is her fucking blood flammable? <laughs> her blood it goes alcohol right content yeah. is. How much has she been <laughs> yeah. drinking? But the whole stove catches on fire, which then makes its way to the bottle of vodka itself and fucking (laughs) explodes, sending her to the floor. John Paul just looks annoyed. (laughs) She was drinking straight gas. Yeah. (laughs) Straight gasoline. How much vodka spilled for it to... It's, you know what it, I mean? was it was just, just one cr- yeah. mug, yeah. and it wasn't and even it a full was, mug because she was still drinking. Yeah. And it was drips. Yeah. It wasn't fucking a like... A full trail. Yeah. And alcohol has to be at least 100 proof to light. Right. So that makes it like 50% vodka, I guess. It's like how much it's cut with or whatever. And But even if that, if you light it, mm-hmm. a breeze, are you blowing on it, blows out the flame. It's not like an it's, inferno. Yeah, She's no. got that good shit, okay? Well, I, I guess also death's involved. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's covering his tracks as he is wont to do. Alex makes it to Luton's house, and inside, she reaches for the towel that she left on the knife block. Doing so, she pulls the entire block down, which sends a knife falling, stabbing her right in the chest. Of course. But what was she reaching for the towel for? She wanted to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, like, I'm I getting blood the- everywhere. <laughs> but I'm never going to be able to sell this house. <laughs> yeah. Alex runs inside when he hears her scream. He kneels by her side and tries to help her, but another explosion sends a chair falling on top of her, which plunges the knife deeper. Now, <laughs> now that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that was that, overkill. It was. It was. Isn't this enough? <laughs> Haven't you done enough? But Alex moves the chair off of her and then for some reason pulls the knife out of her and assumes yep. a serial killer stance. Absolutely. It's like, cool, if anybody sees this through the window... They'll think you just stabbed and her to death. Not, That's why not I said some, death has it out for him. You're not just some random dude trying to help. You are literally suspect. Yeah. Yes, number already. one. Only, yes. only suspect. But Alex drops the knife and, and runs out of the house. called the cops on you. I'm yeah, sorry. She did. I'm not no, dead. She, <laughs> she did. She How did. does that look? Horrible. 
outside the house, Billy, for some reason, because this town is so small, yeah, <laughs> is riding by on his bike, and he's like, hey, Alex, just before Luton's entire house explodes. Yeah. Billy falls to the ground and watches Alex just run his ass off away yeah. from the house fire. Why wouldn't you call for help and be like, look, I tried to save her. Something happened. Now it looks bad. It looks it worse. They bad. showed his shoe print yeah. and the blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. They made sure that you've seen it. Yes. And him and his crazy killer stance <laughs> before he left. God, yeah. But like, he, he just runs it. away. He just, instead of being like, help, Billy, somebody get help, somebody something. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just, he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta get away. No words. <laughs> yeah. And, no. and all, Billy said hi, dude. Say hi yeah, back. So, hey, Bill. Just <laughs> rude. Yeah. But in the next scene, we see the FBI agents are at Clear's house asking her to notify them if she hears from Alex. She said she won't hear from him because she didn't believe him about the death design stuff. At the high school that same night, Billy and Carter arrive in front of the monument. Carter gets out of the car and for about five seconds attempts to carve Terry's name into it along with the other victims of Flight 180, but I guess his knife is a piece of shit, so he just gives up. It's a, a cheap-ass pocket knife. Yeah. I can't get a pocket knife and not get into this marble. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But Clear walks over to them because apparently she asked them to meet her there. How she got a hold of them, I don't know, but here we are because they're not friends. She doesn't have their phone number, but whatever. Yeah, sure. She says since the FBI is probably watching her... They need to take her to Alex because he knows which one of them is going to die next. But why wouldn't the FBI have followed her here? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get, I don't understand that. Because it doesn't make sense. No. That's no. why you don't understand <laughs> it. But the next thing we see, they're on the way to Alex in Carter's car, listening to some funky ass 90 sound and pop. <laughs> but Billy is obviously nervous and tells Carter to drive the speed limit, pass on the right, you know, follow the rules. And Carter's basically saying he doesn't matter if he's next or not because he's yeah. going to fucking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> they arrive at the state park, which Clear somehow knows Alex will be there. She eventually stumbles upon him and he yeah, asks... I'm sorry. She doesn't stumble upon him. She walked directly yeah, fucking that to is him. Yeah. yeah. She was like, let's split up. You guys look over there. I'm going to look over here. Hi, Alex. Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. like, I was like, stop. No, it was... Yeah. Took a beeline to him. Yes. He asks her if she thinks Flight 180 is still out there somewhere, flying safely in the sky. She basically tells him her whole life story about how she, when she was 10, her father was killed at a convenience store. And then her mother started dating a guy who didn't want children, so they basically got rid of her. She says that she's thought a lot about that somewhere where her dad is still alive and her family's still happy and Flight 180 is still up there and everyone gets a second chance. But she tells him they can't give up as they see a plane flying through the night sky. So she's been on her own since she was 10 or what? I'm not 100% sure. And that's why she lives in a sculpture house? A two-story sculpture house. I'm so confused by her whole situation. I... Wish I could help you. And also, yeah. when all the people come to pick up their kids after the plane crash, she's looking at the door like, is my mom coming? Yeah. So why yeah. was she doing that? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Clear is two characters uh, merged yeah. into they one. They just, like, at some point yes. combine them. Now, this will come up later, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but this scene is somewhat infamous because in the original version, there's a deleted scene where this ends with them having sex. Oh, I didn't know it was sex. I thought they it was like, I love you. <laughs> Because I'm five. <laughs> well, it's sex. <laughs> it's both. It's both. So in the next scene, they're all in Carter's car. Claire says they're taking Alex to her father's cabin in the woods, which is only a few miles from her house. Carter asks Alex if he knew about Luton, 
Then Clear lets it slip that Billy called the FBI on Alex when he saw him leaving. So he threw him right yeah. the fuck out. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I saw Alex Browning. Yeah. B-R-O-W? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> but turns out Alex left Prince, like you mm-hmm. said, and I guess is being framed by death. Right. But this is another forensic issue that I have. Didn't this happen like tonight? Yes. How the fuck did they process fingerprints and shoe prints In within a couple hours <laughs> at most? I don't know. Um, That's not how that works. I know we all watch CSI. <laughs> That's not how that works. And you want to know the most ridiculous part is they would have had to leak that to the media as well or call Billy personally know. be like, yeah, you're right. We found his yeah. prints. <laughs> For him to be able to tell Thanks, them in the car. Billy. Yeah, but... Carter asked if he knew she was going to be next before she actually died, and Alex says he did. Carter pressures him to tell him who's next, but Alex says it doesn't matter because they're all on the same list anyway. I feel like he could have just answered him. I don't know why he had to be a dick about it. Because Carter's like, oh, so now you're getting off and fucking having all this information. Because there's a couple moments with Alex where he's like, I got, like, I'm the one. It's like, no, No, there's one that comes up in a second that's so like, are you like getting off? It's very odd. I'd be like, dude, yeah, it is. It's you. At this point, Carter decides to take matters into his own hands. Since it doesn't matter anyway, he speeds through stop signs, red lights. He's fucking drifting. He's taking his hands off the steering wheel, narrowly avoiding death at every single turn. This was super predictable to me. Like, I, it was very predictable. It also reminded me of Nancy in The Craft. Yes, me too, with the red lights. Yes. But as they're all screaming at Carter for him to stop, Alex has two premonitions one of his seatbelt being ripped which is back to normal when he looks back and another of a train headed for the car clear yells for carter to stop the car which he finally does on the train tracks but if you were alex wouldn't you just be like i just had another vision and it was a train like wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you well he's keeping his cards close to <laughs> i don't understand chest. Why. i don't know yeah. so that's for me to know and you to find <laughs> i don't get it but they hear the horn of the train approaching but carter won't move the car billy initially frozen in terror, gets out of the car, which allows Alex and Clear to get out as well. I also, I'm sorry, but when he was running through the lights and drifting and all that, Uh and Billy was like, and grabs the wheel, and Carter elbows him in the face, Mm -hmm. um, that had to be added because Sean William Scott had a cold sore on his lip. (laughs) And so they had to cover it with a cut. That's funny. So they're like, elbow him in the face? Yeah, Yeah, that's why he's fine. And then he has blood on his mouth for the rest of the scene. That's fantastic. But they plead with Carter to get out of the car, but he just sits there. Eventually, he looks at the train approaching and goes all 80s action hero, and he's like, it ain't my time. He turns the key, but the car won't start. I was like, good, because you deserve to die for that line. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) He then goes to unbuckle his belt, but it's jammed. He sees the black shadow of death in the rearview mirror, and he calls out to them, telling him he can't get out. Alex eventually rushes over, pulls him out of the car, ripping the seatbelt, Mere moments before the train collides with the car. <laughs> you can say mere moments, but like they were there. It, the no, train they, hit. Uh, they were train murdered that them. night. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't I know. I was like, stop uh, it. Yeah. But they all fall to the ground as the train goes by, kind of in awe of what just happened. Billy, however, stands up, losing his absolute mind about how Carter is next. So he's staying the fuck away from him. Carter's like, I'm not dead. Billy's yeah. like, oh, you will be. <laughs> and at this moment, we're all like, it's not uh, Carter. It's not going to be Carter. Yeah. Out of nowhere, a metal debris gets kicked up from under the train, hits a chain, flies upward, and decapitates Billy. 
his body with the missing head looks pretty cool. It looks it good. Does. The head itself doesn't look good, no, but the rest no. of it does. I read that they filmed that so many times because they wanted to roll the head to where it landed with the meaty part facing up, but they couldn't get it to work. So now they just have this dust-covered head. <laughs> no, it was just filthy. Have to, yeah, it was really yeah. dirty. But Alex is piecing it all together while Carter calls him the devil. <laughs> Basically, Death's design had Carter up next, but Alex had a vision, saved Carter, and the design moved on to Billy, who actually died. If Alex can intervene in Death's design, Death moves on to the next person. Alex gets into a weird bit about God's not dying and clears like, baby, you're losing it. And I'm like, baby. Yeah, yeah that threw I, everybody. I, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what happened. Then. Yeah, I was like, when did they make because, things official? Because yeah. you cut out that scene. So, so that line doesn't no, make yeah. sense anymore. Also, did you guys notice that Carter peed his pants? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, That's I, really uh, funny. He's got pee all down his legs. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, they surmise that Alex is next and then clear, which Alex says he's not going to let it happen as he's like holding her by the face. We're in love now, guys. Exactly, yeah. Carter tells him, he's like, why don't you just get the fuck out of here? Because the cops are coming. So they get out of there. In the next scene, Alex is outfitted, clears dad's cabin, basically pulling a Kurt Russell and death proof in the motherfucker. He's living like it's 1900 with a lantern (laughs) and eating what I thought as a kid was cat food. (laughs) Ew, dude, that's so funny. I did too. But he's chewing it extra so he doesn't choke. I think it's supposed to be like uh, that canned chicken. It's canned meat. But it's... um, it was really mushed up banana. Really? Is yeah. he a vegetarian or something? I don't know. I probably wouldn't be want to sit there taking Eating 20 the... takes of thoroughly chewing no. canned yeah. meat. Or cat food. Or cat or... food, for that matter. And he, he has on these gloves to yeah. hold the can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in case it slices him, I don't know. But a breeze blows in, setting up another Rube Goldberg of death, but Alex avoids it. It's the death wind. Yeah. He, but he then goes on to antagonize death. Which yeah, not he's smart. Really, that's what I'm saying. I feel like this really went to his head pretty yeah. quick. Oh yeah. At Clear's house, she looks out the window to see the FBI agents parked in the alley. She looks at a picture of her and her father, which thankfully says "me and dad" on the back because we aren't smart enough to get <laughs> context clues. But she goes outside and she tells the agents that she's not going to turn Alex in. Back at the cabin, Alex sees an article about Krista and Blake in the newspaper, the It Girls from the 2000s which triggers his memory, and he realizes that he moved seats next to Todd, which means that in Death's design, he isn't next. Clear was seated behind him, which means she's next. His lantern blows out, which he tries to relight, but in it, he sees a spark of electricity. It looked funny because (laughs) once he figured out Clear was supposed to be next, it looked like the fire winked at him. (laughs) It's like, now you're getting it. (laughs) Back at Clear's house, a power line gets struck by lightning, sending an electrical wire to the ground. Alex leaves the cabin to save Clear, but is suddenly surrounded by the FBI. So I guess Clear gave his ass up? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. understand. I don't get that either. Another deleted scene. I yeah, don't know. I <laughs> sure. Let's chalk it up to that. But Alex escapes via kayak. At her house, Clear lights a candle, but hears her dog barking outside. She sees he's dangerously close to the live wire, so she throws on a jacket to go outside and help him, which, like, I don't, I mean, he wasn't on the plane. <laughs> Your dog's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, he's, trust me. But just then, the death breeze blows in, blowing out the candle she just lit. She goes outside and gets her dog away from the wire, but the wind whips a large metal thing at her. I don't know what that is. I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. Like, it shit just goes crazy. It does. It it hits the ground, almost stabs her in the face, doesn't, gets picked up from the ground and gets thrown into an above the ground swimming pool. Yes. 
She's living the life yeah. by oh, herself, yeah. man. She got a pool, a dog, sculptures. Since yeah. age 10. Since age 10. <laughs> but the FBI's on Alex's tail, chasing him through the woods, saying that they just want to help. <laughs> he falls down a hill, nearly getting impaled by a tree. It's pretty neat looking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Cool. But we're then back at Clear's house, and she's sending the dog off, and she jumps onto that white ladder thing on the side of houses with all the plants. I don't know what that's called. The trellis. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That has a name? It's a trellis. <laughs> jumps onto the trellis <laughs> and narrowly avoids being electrocuted on the trellis. <laughs> Alex sees a vision of the wire exploding through the trees like it's fucking Vietnam or something. <laughs> and he's then crushed by a giant falling tree. He's basically drowning in a puddle under the tree, but somehow survives. He's like drowning, drowning. Yeah, he's like, gurgling. Like, what the fuck? But it's like a small puddle. <laughs> but the FBI agents realize that Alex is obviously headed to Clear's house, so they try to head him off at the pass. But in okay, so he is almost impaled by the thing or whatever. Yes, he almost drowns. Yes, he's like facing all these like near death experiences in the woods. But Clear's next, and she's also experiencing near death experiences at her house. So is death like fuck this pattern shit? I'm taking both these motherfuckers out. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think I, I thought I thought the same thing. That didn't make any sense to me. I think death is sick of Alex's shit. And he's like, I know you're gonna try to stop me. So I'm gonna just then why keep is, you busy? Why is death framing him for murder? <laughs> I don't know. It like puts his fingerprints on shit. Like I don't know. But Clear climbs back into the house, but the wire hits the side of the house, causing every electrical appliance to explode just as Clear runs past them. Yeah, like as I, she's yeah. running past them. It looks interesting. It makes no sense. It I looks yeah. cool, but yeah, logistically, yeah. no. But she makes her way downstairs through all the sparks into her garage and gets into her car. The wire is trying to pull a Jack Torrance on the door, just bashing at it and breaking it open. But she backs the car into the garage door, which causes the garage door opener to break, fall and smash onto her windshield and also knock over a can of turpentine. Alex arrives on the scene just as the wire hits the hood of Clear's car, killing the battery. Alex runs up to the car and tells Clear not to touch anything. He tries to bat the wire away with a metal shovel. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. But and he know he was like, you're grounded by the tires, yeah. which is true. But let's let whack this, this shit. I mean, you, you're, you know. No sense. Okay. But the wire actually snatches the shovel away <laughs> and throws it into a tank filled with flammable gas, which flies under the car. And the wire also lights a trail of turpentine on fire. The wire's busy. All right. <laughs> so Alex tells her the car is going to explode. Which is funny because he came to help her and he's like, it's going to be okay. And he's like, the car's going to explode. <laughs> but he tells her that he's going to grab the wire so she can make a break for it. If it works, death will skip her and he'll save the day. She's reluctant, but he tells her he'll always be with her. The FBI shows up just as Alex grabs the wire. The car explodes, sending Alex flying into the garage. His body is fucking smoking. Yeah. yeah. And they all gather around him. In the next scene, it's six months later. A plane has arrived in Paris, and we see Carter, Clear, and Alex getting off of it. Would He's... you guys ever get on a plane no, again? never again. Well, no. he, that's what he says. He's like, I can't believe we got on a plane again. Yeah, I don't think I would ever. Which I don't know that you can... Again, you can't excuse that stuff away with dialogue. Can you guys believe yeah. this? Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> also, what the hell happened to Alex? Like, he looks fine. Yeah. Like, nothing ever yeah, happened to him. No burn marks. He no, should have no, something, nothing. right? At least his hand should be burned. Superpowers, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? But... 
The three of them are enjoying some drinks outside of a French cafe, toasting to all their lost friends and classmates. Carter admits that Alex was right and that they did cheat death and they won. For some reason, Alex says something doesn't sit right with him because no one ever intervened to save his life technically. Question though, technically, didn't paramedics intervene? Do they not count? He didn't think of that. I mean, I'm yeah. just saying, doesn't that <laughs> no, count? No, because literally everybody ran up to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, he's on a very like limited definition of the word. He's like, someone, no, someone needed to bat the wire away from me or something. I don't know. But your life was saved. It was. And he's here because of it. So I'm just saying. it should skip. But Carter doesn't give a shit because he considers <laughs> himself safe because no matter what the situation is, honestly, Alex is, in fact, next. Clear isn't down for this conversation at all, and she says maybe everything happened as it should, and this is exactly how it was meant to be. Just then, a French street musician starts playing John Denver, and a bunch of Rube Goldberg shit starts to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Which we know, death has also made the flight. (laughs) Yes. Alex says he's going to go back to the hotel, and he asks them all to stay there. Clear sees a premonition of a bus in a window and screams out to Alex, who narrowly avoids being hit by it. So she's seeing shit now? That's why I think they even added the, I felt it. I feel like that's right. the whole reason was for this. Yeah. But, and also he goes back to the hotel and she's like, I'll go with you. He's like, stay here. Like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's like, don't, don't, don't. He's so weirdly intense about it. He's going to go cheat on her. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. He's like, Sophie is weird. I don't, it was just so it weird. Was. But, The bus swerves out of the way of a car, which hits a food cart, which sends a pole into a large sign of lights, which swings towards Alex, who is tackled out of the way by Carter, saving his life to Alex's definition of being saved. Of intervention. Yes. The sign appears to read 180 as it swings by, like flight 180. Oh, shit. I didn't catch that. Carter's like, I fucking told you you were next. And Alex is like, but it just skipped me. And he's like, then who's next? And the sign swings back to hit Carter. I laughed that Carter already forgot. The yeah, he's like, I don't. <laughs> There's only three of them left. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Miss Luton, right? <laughs> but this ending was not the original ending. It actually was reshot, which cost $2 million. Holy shit. The original ending was, in fact, that Alex and Clear had sex on the beach. Clear got pregnant. Alex does die when he tries to save Clear. Clear gives birth to a baby, names it Alex. Her and Carter meet at the memorial at the high school, and they talk about how they defeated death and that they wish Alex was here. And then a leaf falls <laughs> onto the screen, and the, the film ends. It tested horribly. The leaf was Alex. Yeah. yeah, I get the message they were trying to say: life being the baby. And right. death. I mean, I, I, I guess I get it. But I, no, yeah. I, I, <laughs> no. I, I'm trying. I think the, no. I think the theatrical ending not the original ending is better i agree but that also explains with the romance subplot being deleted because they weren't going to have the baby but they forgot to get rid of her calling him baby all the goddamn time i i but like he still risked his life for her so i feel like we still could he did that thinking that he was going to die to save her so we could have kept the romantic aspect well, I mean, the romantic aspect is still there, I guess, because they are holding hands in Paris. Yeah, but it's vi- but, now yeah, at the but end. Barely, yeah. though. But yeah, before they're just buddies and then he's baby all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, during the movie. It, and they were barely it, buddies. She's like, I don't even believe you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they did it in the cemetery, then in the scene you said, take the it beach. out. <laughs> yeah. What is... I don't. What does that have to do? That doesn't mean we're together. We just 
We're both scared. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're just, it was times were tense. Yeah. A lot of people did things. They, yeah. uh, you know, but all that to say, that's the end of the movie. So what did you guys think of Final Destination? Obviously, there are issues. Right. <laughs> um, I still like it. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know if that's embarrassing <laughs> to say or, or not, but I still like that movie. And one of the things that really makes me appreciate it even more is all the foreshadowing that if you look back, mm-hmm. if I may, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when Billy is looking out the window when the plane is leaving and they're still at the airport, the reflection of the plane goes directly over his face where his head is going to be cut off. Mm. That's neat. Once they're still in the airport after the plane explodes, when they show Terry, there's a picture of a bus behind her. Hmm. When Todd is trying to get Alex to not trade seats with the girls, he's motioning, hanging, and choking him. Yes. And then when the teacher is examining her smoking computer, there's a stained glass image of a knife behind her. Like, there's a bunch of shit like that. I mean, obviously, the, the fire that attacks Alex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some yeah. of it's too on the nose, but like the sign that gets Carter saying 180. Yes. There's a bunch of shit like that in there, and I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Also, John Paul, I thought you would think it was interesting that um, Alex and Clear were almost played by Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, God. That's <laughs> nuts. And two years later, obviously, they would, they would be, do uh, Spider-Man. But yeah. what a different movie that oh, would be. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> But um, I like it. I'm not even going to lie. I still like this movie. It was fun to watch it again because it has been probably at least a decade since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. I do, like I said, when I was younger, I remember watching it and being like, oh, shit, this is crazy. <laughs> but then now a lot of it, like it was just a lot of it was predictable. And mm-hmm. I and I missed a lot of the things you were saying about like the foreshadowing and stuff. Yeah. But I'm I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah, it's cool. But I don't think <laughs> you're that like, changed. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would have changed. It just. I don't know. It was just weird. It was I, because I even was like, "All right, you know, oh, this was, is gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. This is whatever." And I just watched it, just watching it. Like nothing really. I don't know. Nothing really like pulled me to be like, "Man, that's that's pretty good." You know, <laughs> it, just, it it just didn't do it for me. I don't know what it was, but it it didn't hit me the same way. Right. It hit me in a different way. I think being older, because after I watched it, I was like, "Man, it's." That's fucking everywhere, man. Like, I was like, this is like. Hey, but no, that's how it hit me when I was a kid. I was like, okay, what elaborate fucking. It's yeah. just waiting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I still liked it, like you. But as you had said, I mean, there's a lot of things that you don't really notice as a kid that just kind of don't make sense yeah. or don't really line up. And it feels as if maybe there were some changes, as we know about the romantic subplot, yeah. but a lot of different things that kind of just didn't add up. But at the same time, it's got to be commended for the impact it made on the genre because early 2000s, like this, this, I feel like a lot of people have this era of horror films as a special place in their heart. Maybe it's people our age who grew up with them. I, th- I think, yeah. But this film, I have all those nostalgic feelings for this film, which kind of allows me to forgive it for some of those things. Right. Yeah. But not overlook those yeah. things. Have to commend them for the premise. It's amazing. Yeah, right. it really is. The idea of death as the antagonist and not a guy in a cloak 
with a skull mask or something just fucking waving from the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it could have been really bad, but they did it in a very kind of mature and smart way. Yeah, I agree. Which I guess brings us into ratings. I will admit, as I just said about nostalgia playing a factor, but at the same time, I mean, there is still a lot of good to take from this movie. I still like this movie. It's a good film to watch. It's like a fun Friday night film to not really dive too far into, but just enjoy. Yeah. You know, not every film needs 500 theories and, you know, 45 minute videos you have to watch Mm -hmm. on YouTube after you watch it. You know, I'm looking at you. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, Yeah, don't even. Sorry, I still feel some type of way. No, I feel the exact same way. But (laughs) I loved this film as a kid. I liked it this time around. Right. So not to repeat everything that I've already said, at the end of the day, it's a good movie and I recommend you watch it for its place in the genre. And maybe we'll get to the sequel someday. I don't know. We'll see. But watch this one. (laughs) So out of 10 elaborate Rube Goldberg deaths, I'm going to have to give Final Destination six out of 10 elaborate Rube Goldberg deaths. And I will now open the floor to you. I understand what you're saying, and I do agree with you because I do like the, you know, the overall of it. You know, like you said, death and mm-hmm. them not using like a ghoul or a creature or whatever. And I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, it didn't, it didn't grab me like it did when I was younger. Right. And I didn't remember a lot of this movie. <laughs> like a lot of it, I didn't remember. <laughs> and. It just was, it was just kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like I did it. I did sit there and watch it and I was like, huh. But I did find myself about, I want to say probably about halfway Mm -hmm. getting kind of bored and just kind of like, I think it was more because of like it being certain things being predictable. You know what I mean? Or like some of it is. And it was just like, come on. You know, I think the the major problem too was like when dude was in the bathroom and, oh, I'm going to shave. Wait, I need to turn on uh, my radio. Wait, I need to clip my nose hairs. Wait, I need, you know. Right. It's like, dude, you didn't, I get the misdirection. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you didn't have to do that. It was, it was just a lot. Right. And it was like, come on, man. And, it just didn't, I don't know if it didn't hit my ear right or if it didn't, but I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I, and, and, but I will agree with you. Hmm. If you're going to, if you're going to watch, you got a group of friends and you just want to put something on so mm-hmm. people can watch it or you got a group of people so you can sit down and you don't really have to think, you just watch it. And yeah. Everybody's laughing or having a couple of drinks like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> his head got cut off or what, you know, yeah. I would definitely, and I would recommend people to watch the movie. I would, it, it, it is something that should be watched. Now, I've only seen two, so I don't know about the rest of the sequels, (laughs) but I do remember a little bit of two. The second one, I do Mm -hmm. remember some of that one. So I I don't want to be too harsh Mm -hmm. because I did, like I said, I did like the movie when I was a kid, and it wasn't all bad. You're right. It wasn't. I just didn't. Like I said, it was, I think it was just a lot of it, me being able to predict what was going on. I was like, ah, um... I have to give this movie four elaborate Rube Goldberg deaths out of 10. It okay. wasn't, you know, I, I don't want to say it was like right in the middle of the road for me, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was not right there. It was just wasn't <laughs> quite there for me. 
It's honestly higher than I expected you yeah, to go. Me too, yeah. honestly. Well, I did start a little lower, and then I remember, you know, as I went and watched it, I was yeah. like, you know what? I was like, it's, it's not all that bad. It does have some problems, but it's not as bad as, you know, I know I complained a lot, but it, <laughs> but it just, it, like I said, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I remembered, mm-hmm. you know, and it just didn't kind of, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, is this almost over? Like, well, <laughs> not really, but you know, yeah. it was. T, I initially agreed with you, uh-huh. but the more I dug in and I'm I am a sucker for foreshadowing. Right. So that bumps it up a little bit for me cuz that's that's rewatchability. The second time you watch that, it's like, "Oh shit." Yes. And overall, I do like this movie. Like I said, maybe not as much as I did when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I appreciate it and its place in the genre and honestly how creative it was in a lot of ways. Yeah. The, the deaths being one of them for me, honestly. And another one, the premise itself. Um, so with all that being said, on a scale from one to 10 elaborate Rube Goldberg deaths, I'm going to give Final Destination 6.5 out of 10. I mean, I, I love this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't, <laughs> It was like I said, it wasn't bad. It just, you know, wasn't one of my favorites. I just have, I, I, I didn't notice how much I... It's, that there was a place for it in my heart still until I watched it again, honestly. And it did take watching it again. That's honestly something I would very much recommend to everybody. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen yes. this in yeah. a long time. If you, and it's any movie, but specifically this one right now, if you have a movie you loved as a kid, pop it on again. Yeah, yeah. see how yeah. it makes you feel. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Final Destination and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Remember, always live life to the fullest. You never know when it might all come crashing down. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>